Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. BT, we got a big week ahead of us. There's a Friday night showdown in Stillwater, OSU, Kansas State, and then that big Saturday morning showdown in Dallas, OU, Texas. Got to admit, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> and you just got back from the biggest show of all, the Deion Sanders spectacle in Boulder. Colorado hosted Southern Cal. But before we get to that, we've got some sponsors to thank for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Drive your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. You know, we love our sponsors. We may even love them as much as football, Barry. Well, yeah, it, as you said, it's a huge week. We got OU Texas. We got a Friday night special. Um, we even got uh, Oklahoma Iowa State game to talk about. I'm reminded of Barry Switzer this week. Uh, he historically, uh, famously once uh, said, uh, OU beat Kansas State. His press conference the, uh, the next uh, Monday, uh, Sooners playing Texas, he opens by saying, anybody want to talk Kansas State? The answer <laughs> was no. But today, we don't necessarily move immediately to OU Texas. Because you were in Boulder, for crying out loud, just a uh, just the crazy phenomenon of Deion Sanders, plus he's playing our old friend Lincoln Riley. What was the circus like at Folsom Field? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was insane. I mean, you know, we see we see celebrities at games from time to time. You know, obviously the OU contingent. You know, you see you see uh, you know Toby Keith on the sidelines, uh, OSU. You occasionally have a Garth Brooks sighting in Stillwater, those sorts of things. But there were so many celebrities on the field before the game. I mean, the pro athletes alone, whether you're talking former or current, it, it was nearly 20. Barry, I mean, you've got guys like Kevin Garnett, CC Sabathia, Paul Pierce, um, Keyshawn Johnson. The, Michael Westbrook. I mean, the list was so long. And then you've got all these entertainers in the house. I mean, USC, a program in LA where they have they have famous people all the time. They were even a little bit worried about the craziness of the scene at Folsom Field themselves. So to me, that speaks volumes about just how insane the whole whole thing around Colorado football has become. It it's huge. I I actually talked to a a security guard real quick on the field before the game. And I said, have you gotten used to this? And they're like, heck no. I mean, just the reality of the situation, I think, has been crazy for everybody in Boulder. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a Laker game, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. It, there's just so many people on the sidelines before the game. They actually had to delay the game start by a minute or so as officials tried to push back this throng of celebrities. I mean, it was crazy. It's just a phenomenon. And the fans, Barry, the fans at Colorado are back and they're passionate. They've got a, a new vibe about them. It's going to be really interesting to see what they arrive in the Big 12 like. Um, clearly a lot of a lot of emotion right now around Colorado football. But Barry, you mentioned uh, Lincoln Riley and uh, some familiar faces at USC. Caleb Williams, obviously, quarterback in the, the Trojans. I was even more impressed by him now than I was when he was at Oklahoma. I mean, I think he evolution is obviously part of that, but he's got a chance to be 
the second back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner, Barry. Do you think he actually pulls that off this this year? Well, I think he's got a great chance. The one thing he's got going against him is there are a lot of head-to-head quarterback duels in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, uh, maybe the number one, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback at Washington. UW plays Southern Cal, and that's going to be a showdown game. I think Penix Jr. could have a huge game against that USC defense. You saw the Trojan defense pretty uh, pretty leaky. Yeah, uh, That would be the only thing that could curtail Caleb Williams. We're not seeing much quarterbacking, much star power out of uh, the, the traditional haunts of the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC. I think it's going to be a, a Western Heisman. The question is, will it be Caleb Williams or will it be one of those uh, one of those uh, contenders from the uh, from the pack, like a Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, and even Bo Nix at Oregon. I mean, they've got a lot of really good quarterbacking. Shador Sanders, obviously, at Colorado. So I'm with you, Barry. I think the Heisman winner comes out of the Pac-12. And frankly, USC's defense could end up causing uh, costing Williams a Heisman. I mean, if if in those head-to-head battles, he's not clearly the best quarterback on the field, that could keep him from winning the Heisman. And I, I don't think voters are against having another back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner. I've never felt that way. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It, can he be the better player? I think he's fantastic. He looks a little Patrick Mahomes-esque to me as far as, you know, those sidearm angles and finding guys and sort of making all the throws. I'm really impressed by Caleb Williams. I don't have a Heisman vote anymore, but I do think, like you said, those head-to-head Pac-12 quarterback battles are going to be really important for this Heisman Trophy race. I'll leave you with this thought. Can you imagine Caleb Williams quarterbacking against the USC defense? Now, that would be a show show to see. Uh, Let's let's move on to the Sooners. Oklahoma routes Iowa State 50-20. to It was a strange game. The Cyclones Mediocre offense lit up the Sooners for 20 points in the first 21 minutes. The no-use defense rose up, uh, pitched a 39-minute shutout. Is that a concern with the Sooners going to the Cotton Bowl in Dallas? Well, I don't think it was a positive uh, sign, that's for sure. Uh, You know, Iowa State, the week before that OU game, they light up Oklahoma State, but I don't think anybody is thinking Oklahoma State's defense right now is on a level that Oklahoma's trying to reach. And before that game against Oklahoma State, Iowa State got shut out or pretty close to shut out by Ohio. So, you know, for Oklahoma to give up 20 quick points to the Cyclones, that was pretty disturbing in my mind. Um, And I do think that is concerning going into the Texas game because Texas offense, um, you know, when we've seen Texas as a program take a downturn, a lot of that has been they just didn't have the individual talent to uh, to to play at the highest, highest level. Well, that individual talent is back, Barry. They've got a great quarterback in Quinn Ewers. They've got really talented wide receivers. So to me, if you're going to spot Texas 20 points, three touchdowns, whatever that is, that's not that's not a good sign. That's got to be a, a big, a big point heading into this game in, in Dallas. Yeah. Now, the Sooner defense, it wasn't giving up, you know, uh, debilitating drives. I mean, like first down after first down after first down. It was a bunch of big plays, some gashing runs, two home run passes. But as you said, uh, before OSU, this Iowa State offense was terrible. Uh, Seven points against Ohio, 13 points against Iowa. 
this is, uh, to me, it was a concern. Great adjustments, but it's a concern. You know, we've all, we've spent all off season, maybe nine months, uh, exact wondering exactly how good Oklahoma will be in year two of Brent Venables, and they get saddled with a schedule that offered no clues. Uh, we said it all all summer. This this team's going to be five and zero and going to Dallas very untested because of the schedule. We've got a little bit of the schedule behind us now. We've we've seen Cincinnati, we've seen uh, Iowa State, we've seen SMU. Uh, some of those teams maybe a little better than we thought, maybe some a little worse than we thought. But um, what do you make of Oklahoma's five and zero start? Do we know yet how good the Sooners are? I don't think we do. I think they're better than a year ago. I think that's pretty clear, uh, especially on the defensive side. I do think they're a better team than they were a year ago. I think Dylan Gabriel is a better quarterback. You know, I think coming into the season, there was a thought, hey, maybe we've seen Dylan Gabriel's ceiling. Maybe we we know what he is and he's not going to get any better. I think he's better than he was a year ago. I think Oklahoma has more weapons. But no, I don't know if we know how good Oklahoma is. And I think, Barry, we have a pretty good idea how good Texas is. I think they're really, really good. Well, here's the deal. Whether you like the Longhorns or not, you go to Tuscaloosa and win, there's no, there's no more debate. There's no questions. There's no more mocking. There's no more wondering, is Texas back? You go to Tuscaloosa and win, I don't care where you've been, you're where you want to be. So. Are they back? The answer is they're wherever the, they need to be. Uh, incredibly impressive performance. This Alabama team clearly is is down from Alabama standards, which means they're only about ten thousand feet above sea level. So um, you know, to me, it's it's a monumental task for the Sooners. Texas has established itself. Steve Sarkeesian really got them going. I don't know uh, if Texas will run the table. I don't know if they'll make the playoff, but they're clearly a uh, a a championship contender uh, for what they did at Alabama. Um, you know, one of the keys, one of the interesting things about this game is, of course, the forty nine nothing shutout a year ago. One of the strangest games we'll ever see. Yeah. Sooners go down there basically playing direct snap football. Uh, OU's best quarterback in the Cotton Bowl last year was Braden Willis, the tight end, That's taking right. uh, direct snaps. Uh, Davis Bevel. Filling in for uh, for uh, Dylan Gabriel was not effective, uh, but this year Gabriel is healthy at least at the start of this game. What uh, what's uh, going on with Dylan Gabriel? You've written extensively about him. He's having a monster year. Um, he he looks great, running the ball better. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Ewers for Texas is playing really good quarterback, but uh, despite Ewers Heisman Trophy candidacy. It's not clear to me that Texas has the best quarterback in this game. Gabriel might be the better quarterback. I, you know, that's a great point. And I do think that is possible. I mean, I, I and I think a lot of it's going to come down. I mean, quarterbacks, obviously, what people want to talk about. You know, they, they want to talk about the sexy topics. But really, to me, it's going to be how much time do their lines give them uh, to, to do what they do? Because Dylan Gabriel, when he has time, He's really dangerous, but so is Quinn Ewers. So what is that Texas offensive line? How much time do they give Ewers? What is OU able to do in terms of keeping a pocket together? But I do like Gabriel's running ability, Barry. You and I have both mentioned this in a variety of ways. Um, you know, he 
he didn't really do it a ton last year. It didn't strike me as being something he did a lot. Now, after that concussion, they might have just told him, listen, unless it's your unless it's just you've got to get out and run, do not run. Do not, you know, try to make contact with anybody else. But we're seeing him wait for holes. We're seeing him be patient. We're seeing him be physical. Basically, any type of run you want out of your quarterback, we're seeing it. So I think it's a great question, Barry. I mean, I I think I think yours is the better quarterback, but what do you think about that? I actually think it might be Gabriel. Uh, we haven't seen – yours has played great this year. But we haven't seen Gabriel play some bad football ever, really. Yeah. And we've seen it from yours. Uh, saw it in Stillwater last October. I mean, he was bad that day. Cowboys had three picks, I think, and yours was throwing the ball over the place. OSU gets a big win. Uh, yeah. Yours is not showing any of that, but Gabriel never really has has ever shown it. He's uh, had uh, two plus years at Central Florida, big time production. He's really a good quarterback. He's a little bit over overlooked, which is strange when you think about Oklahoma quarterbacking. I mean, this is one of the marquee positions in college football: the Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts triumvirate, uh, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler. They're still playing all over them. America, even the backups, Tanner Mordecai, Chandler Morris, you know, center quarterbacks are everywhere. Yep. And yet Gabriel's a little bit overlooked. I think he gives, uh, I really think he gives OU a chance to win this game. So I, uh, what, what, when you think about who's going to win, Jacko, clearly Texas is a favorite. Um, it's a series of streaks. Texas gets the edge last year, 49 to nothing. How do you see this game? Yeah, I think this is definitely more of a toss-up game because of the guy we were just talking about, Dylan Gabriel. I think he is overlooked, Barry, but I think it's in large part because of the guys you listed. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts. I mean, for crying out loud, that's that's a, you know, if you add Caleb Williams in there, you're talking about you know four of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in the last, I don't know. I mean, you can go, you can go, decades before that probably before you can find a string like that so he is overlooked but I'm giving Texas a slight advantage in part because you mentioned the streakiness of this rivalry it tends to run that way um, I'm gonna go Texas but I'm gonna make it close because I do think this is a toss-up game I'm going Texas 34-31 Barry well I'm taking Texas you know I take I always pick who won the year before this is such a series of streaks. Uh, OU in the 50s, Texas in the 60s, OU in the 70s, Texas in the late 70s to early 80s, OU uh, mid mid to late 80s, Texas takes over the 90s, Bob Stoops takes over the 2000s, uh, Texas, Mac Brown takes over late 2000s, early teens, Bob Stoops gets back, uh, he and Lincoln Riley have dominated most of the last decade. But then came 49 to nothing. And, you know, you don't know when this, when a series turns, right? You know, Texas gets an upset in 13 or 15. And you think uh, that didn't look like, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a series statement victory, just a nice upset. 49 nothing sounds like a, a, a statement. Yeah. Uh, we saw it from OU in, in 71, 48, 27. We saw it from OU in 2000, 63, 14. Why wouldn't we see it from Texas, 49 to nothing? So um, I, I think the Sooners are going to play tough. I, you know, no blowout, 
but I do sense that, that this tide could be changing in this series. I like Texas to, to start a streak here. That's what Brent Venables has to guard against. That's what he has to fight against. But I'm picking the uh, I'm picking the uh, Longhorns, uh, 28-25. All right. Well, hey, lots uh, lots more to be written and said about OU Texas this week. We'll have all that on SelloutCrowd.com. But we need to jump over to OSU because even though you know this OU Texas game takes a lot of the oxygen, Oklahoma State's got a big Friday night game against Kansas State. Cowboys were off last week, and I know some OSU fans would argue the Cowboys have been off for a lot longer than that, but all jokes aside, things are dire in Stillwater right now. I mean, OSU's 2-0. and Everyone's wondering if the Cowboys can get bowl eligible. Barry, with the off week, what could the Cowboys have done during that week to improve their postseason hopes? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, here's their problem. Uh, they've been playing teams that they ought to be able to beat. I mean, the the tough things are coming up starting Friday night with Kansas State. Yep. I mean, uh, I love me some Iowa State Cyclones. I'm, you know, I, I thought the South Alabama story was pretty cool. But uh, Kansas State's a real football team. Yeah. Kansas State will knock you right in the nose as well as out execute you. So Cowboys are in serious trouble. They, you know, the, we thought the defense might hold up. It has not the last two weeks. Uh, the offense continues to struggle. Cowboys still don't have an established quarterback. Still can't run the ball. I don't know what you can do in an off week because we sort of know the problem, which has been uh, OSU's uh, talent exodus, uh, from, particularly from, from the last offseason. They, they lost so many good players in the portal, lost some people to eligibility. Did not supplement that that kind of talent. That's pretty clear now. So I don't know what you can do between now and December to to fix things. Uh, people love to get on Casey Dunn at offensive coordinator. People love to question the the hiring of a novice defensive cor- uh, defensive coordinator. But to me, it's not scheme. Um, this is a talent drain in Stillwater. I don't know how you fix that with with the Wildcats coming to town. Yeah, this is going to be a, a tough one for OSU. I if it's me, I give my starting quarterback the entire uh, off week of practice and all of this week. I, Mike Gundy did not commit to starting Alan Bowman last week or after the Iowa State game, so I don't know what they were going to do with practice reps. But I would give a quarterback all the practice reps I could. If it's Bowman or somebody else, it needs to be decided and give them a chance to work in that offense because, Barry, this is a situation where the offense is going to have to try to keep up with what the defense is giving up because clearly the defense is going to give some stuff up. So they're going to have to score. So figuring out the best way to do that, that's what I would try to do is just figure out, you know, put my quarterback in the best possible situation and and then see what happens because you know your defense is going to be you know is going to be vulnerable so try to outscore the other team and and get your quarterback as much reps as you can figure out what you can do with your 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 pass game your run game where can you make it maximized and see what you can do that's that's what i would hang my hat on if i was osu might not work but you you maybe give yourself a chance because you know bury this k-state game I think we really thought this would be a big time showdown before the season began of teams that, you know, were contending for a Big 12 championship Friday night, 
primetime. OSU has obviously slipped. K-State has a loss, though we've seen it rally since that Missouri loss. Whack UCF. This isn't the game we thought it was going to be before the season started, but which team has more on the line in this game, Barry? Is it the Cowboys or is it the Wildcats? Oh, I think it's Kansas State. I mean, there's not much left on the line for OSU. Um, they haven't been they haven't been living in these waters, right? I mean, we could, this is this is the stuff of of years ago, decades ago, when when OSU was just fighting for some sort of relevancy, yeah, uh, just trying to wade the waters of mediocrity. That's not what they've been about for 15 years. Uh, they've been contending for conference titles. They've been uh, ranked in the top 15 or 20. They've been knocking off. Uh, the likes of Texas a lot, the Sooners a little, and been uh, the second best program in the Big 12. What's on the line this year? I don't. Kansas State's still a Big 12 contender. Stumbled against uh, Missouri, should have won that game. Got beat on a 61-yard field goal. Uh, so the, the, these cats are good. We know they're good. Chris Kleiman's doing a great job with his program. A lot on the line for Kansas State. They're trying to uh, upset the OU Texas. Uh, farewell yeah, in Arlington be a uh, a horror show for the Big 12 if if their two departing members uh, make the championship game. Kansas State might be the best hope to to upset that. So a lot on the line for the Big 12, a lot on the line for Kansas State. I don't know what's on the line for for OSU. I have no idea. Well, I think right now it's a, I think it's pride, Barry. I mean, I I I I think I think they got a they got to play better to, you know, get a little confidence moving forward. I mean, this doesn't feel like a winnable game in my mind. But as we've talked, they do have a schedule that isn't a murder's row. I mean, yes, they're going to have games where they're not going to be favored because right now they're probably not going to be favored against many teams, period. But they do have games where you feel like, okay, they could they could go win that. But if you get absolutely throttled by K-State on Friday night, which could happen, that really hampers any ability moving forward to feel like you can get any traction. I don't see them winning this game. We'll get to score predictions in a second, but I think you got to at least be competitive. I mean, they didn't win at Iowa state, a game that they had a chance to win as at least on paper. You see that as a winnable game. They didn't win that. That's disappointing, but at least they competed unlike that South Alabama game where it was just a disaster. So if, in my mind, you got to see more of that, more of what you saw at the Iowa State game and what you saw in South Alabama. I agree, way more on the line for the Wildcats, who still do have a chance to get to Arlington and play for a Big 12 championship. But I think the Cowboys have got to at least be competitive out there. I mean, you don't want to lay down like you did against South Alabama, especially in front of the home home crowd again. They had a sellout for that South Alabama game. What if you What if you lay another egg with all that crowd? Jacko. That's the that's the incredible story is uh, OSU's fan support is unwavering. I mean, they're continuing to sell out. Yeah, uh, they're, they're solidly behind the program. They're they're trying to put it on their shoulders. But it is Mike Gundy and his program holding up their end of the of the bargain? So, yeah, I don't. Things could turn. Things could turn uh, dark in Stillwater pretty quickly because uh, the fan base already in sort of a a foul mood. And not just losing, but the way you're losing, to me, potential problems. Yeah. Hey, before we get to predictions, let, let's talk about this, Barry. Chris Kleiman, K-State coach, Mike Gundy, 
they aren't clones of each other. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but both kind of have some old school tendencies to their coaching. Yet we've seen Kleiman and K-State continue to win in this era of the portal and NIL and all of that, while clearly Gundy's Cowboys are struggling. Do you have a sense of what Kleiman might be doing that Gundy isn't? Well, it appears, excuse me, it appears <coughs> that Kleiman has kept his core. Um, the transfer portal, uh, Kansas, State, Kansas State not in uh, influxing with a bunch of players from elsewhere, but they're not losing guys either. Uh, what OSU and K-State both have done is excel as developmental programs. You know, they don't get a lot of four stars. They get no five stars. When you see the recruiting rankings, they're not in the top 25, hardly ever. They're down in the 38, 44 range. And then they end up number 12 and number 18 in the AP poll. That's been the script for a decade or so. That was Bill Snyder's script. It's been Gundy's script for much of his success. But here in the portal, you can develop guys, and then you can lose them. You can take a flyer on John Paul Richardson, and then he's gone. You can take uh, you turn Mason Cobb into a linebacker, and then all of a sudden he's the captain at USC. Chris Kleiman has avoided those guys in mass leaving. Yeah. So. If you're going to be a developmental program in the transfer portal era, you got to figure out how to keep those guys. The answer, of course, is a great culture and NIL. Show me the money. I don't yeah. know anything about the K-State NIL situation. I don't know if they're ahead of OSU in that regard. Common sense would tell me probably. Um, but there's no reason why Oklahoma State can't be on the level of Kansas State in retaining players. So that's what it is. You put Jabbar Muhammad and Mason Cobb and Thomas Harper on that defense, oh. it's way better. <laughs> if you put – now, Cowboys have not been bad at receiver. Uh, Dejan Stribling, uh, probably the highlight of this offense so far. Yep. So they, they haven't missed the receivers that much. But uh, clearly Spencer Sanders, a lot of things going on there. But you, you lose your quarterback. So – Cowboys need to, if you're, if you're going to be a developmental program in the transfer portal era, you got to retain your players. Kansas State has, Oklahoma State has not. Developmental program needs to be a retention program. And yeah, uh, Oklahoma State, I saw Mason Cobb again with my own eyes in Boulder. He was coming off an injury, Barry, and was clearly, clearly the best defensive player that USC had. I mean, he was all over the field making plays for the Trojans. And yeah, you put him back in Stillwater and orange and black. And I have to think Oklahoma State's defense improves dramatically. But yeah, I mean, here's my thing about NIL, Barry. I don't understand it all, but I know that it requires money. And it wasn't so long ago, 20 years, whatever ago, that Oklahoma State needed a vast amount of money to improve its facilities because they were so far behind. And they did it. Now, Boone Pickens money, the, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars, may not exist anymore. But Oklahoma State has built up built up a donor base over the years since the since the boon money that they are able to get millions needed for improvements, whatever they may be. Now they need to turn their attention to millions for NIL. That's what has to happen. And they need to do it. If they haven't already started, they got to get on it right now. It can be done, but they need the finances 
to retain those players with NIL money. And it just, they have to do it because I don't know that they can, I don't know that they can win in the portal game, Barry. I don't know if they can draw enough players to make a big enough difference. I think the slippage continues if they don't get the NIL game right. That's where they got to win. And uh, I think it has to start right away. Speaking of wins, who wins on Saturday or on Friday night, Barry? Who you got in this OSU K State game? Well, I can't, I can't find any trust in Oklahoma State. Um, this doesn't seem like an upset possibility to me at all. I've seen nothing from the Cowboys to think they're capable of sticking with the Cats. I do think they'll play hard. I think they'll stick, stay in it for a while. But I think K State wins it, thirty-two seventeen. Yeah, I'm thinking 38-17 uh, is my score. Uh, I I just I think the K-State's a better team. I, I think they're more poised to score points, to play better defense. I think all around this is a game that, um, you know, Oklahoma State might find some footing here and there, but I, I think K-State's a way better team, so I'm going with the Cats. All right. Hey, we, we've talked about all sorts of fun stuff, but that's all the time we've got this week. So remember, the Cowboys face the Wildcats 6.30 Friday night then followed by the Sooners and the Longhorns bright and early 11 a.m. on Saturday. We'll be all over both games for Sellout Crowd, where you can find all our content. We're at BarryTrammell.com and Jenny-Carlson.com. And if this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us here on the Jenny and Barry Show, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.